0: Hello, this is Selody White from Blantyre, Malawi, and welcome to my podcast, Selody White at 50, how do we contribute to a better world? It's a nice and rainy day here in Malawi. I always see mangoes outside my office. So, uh it's because it's the, it's the mango season. It's been a minute since I did this recording. Um, My last recording was actually exactly on my birthday when I turned um, 50 on 19th November um, 2020. So it's been a minute indeed. I've been thinking a lot about how best to continue with this podcast. And thank you so much for your feedback and uh, for listening. And I encourage you to continue listening. And uh, should you have any thoughts about... uh, what i say or the interviews that i do please feel free to send me a voice message uh to give me feedback uh on uh, my thoughts as well as what you think i should um uh also be discussing going forward because i want this to be as inclusive as possible yeah so um for those of you who don't know uh what my podcast is all about my podcast is um is is a two way process that there, there are times, there are episodes when I engage on some of my thoughts uh, around things. There are other episodes when I interview people uh, based on what they are doing that I think it's so interesting, particularly when they are making a contribution, uh, to, you know, uh, to the business of change, change in the way that they are doing things differently. For example, last time I interviewed a young lady who is a university degree holder, um, uh, but she chose to do to become a, a, an entrepreneur rather than um, somebody who works, rather than being employed. Um, I come from a country where the education system um, generally gears um, people for employment rather than entrepreneurship. That is changing. I've been to a couple of universities of late just to understand how the syllabus uh, is constructed. But generally, so it was interesting to talk to a young lady who has uh, chosen entrepreneurship full-time. I also spoke to another uh, woman whom I've worked with um, in the discourse of uh, women's rights. Uh, She's a Pan-Africanist and works in women's rights in Africa from a legal uh, perspective. She believes the law can be the instrument of change uh, using international legal framework. So I've worked with her before and uh, it was interesting to catch up and uh, hear her thoughts. I've also interviewed um, uh, another woman who is also another Pan-Africanist. She comes from the communication sector and uh, she is um, concerned about the image of Africa and, you know, she's trying to advance that image. Um, using an initiative and uh, moving from an initiative to actually a project so all these things are things that uh, that I talk about and of course my own thoughts about my own journey my thoughts uh, about life and change generally Uh, The reason why I always want to talk about change, I believe that the world is is in the state that it is in, um, as a developed progressive world, because uh, some men and women took the bold steps to change. But um, having worked in the business of change for a very long time, I've worked as an activist, a women's rights activist, and I contributed to some law reform and policy reform for women's advancement. I've worked as a civil servant, where I worked, I also uh, contributed to policy reform uh, with regards to the public sector. I've worked as a consultant uh, with international organisations, whereby I was also contributing to change within their own organisations for purposes of achieving uh, women's rights. But I've also taught um for example the invest of toronto um basically talking about change and also addressing uh, some thoughts around um uh, women's rights so having done that i i have I, I usually work in spaces where something is what it is today and something becomes what it what it wasn't you know what it wasn't so my work over the last um, 30 years has mainly been about making something different for the better in a way which I understand and in terms of the position that I've been put. I've always found that position to be very powerful. But what I've also found over the years, um, as I've always said, is that um, I always get fascinated with the way people resist change. Uh, when change doesn't suit individuals, doesn't suit systems, people fight change. Even if for the greater good it would be good. I always say that uh, everybody to a large extent wants something to change, but they themselves don't want to change. So it's, it's that thinking. The fact that change is something that the world needs is constant. And when you miss that constant, I think you end up suffering. Yeah. So, having given you that background, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about 2020. The current narrative, and it's a constant narrative now, is that 2020 has been an awful year. All of us cannot wait for it to go away. We must go into 2021. It's going to be a better year. Oh, let's forget 2020. Everybody has this narrative. 2020 is a bad year. I have a different narrative actually, to be honest. I think that one, 2020 has happened exactly exactly the way it was supposed to happen. There's no ifs and buts and what it should have been. It has happened the way it was supposed to to happen. So I think the sooner we we embrace that, the better. Full stop. Uh, There is no other way except for the way it has happened. Number two. The good thing about 2020, it has reminded us all that what truly binds us is our humanity. That there are calamities, yes, over the years that have affected different parts of the world. Peru, there's an earthquake. Uh, America, there's a, you know, uh, twenty um, what do you call it? Nine eleven. Uh, Africa. There's a drought, uh, and so on and so forth, and in the process, we we'll hear about what has happened in Peru. Be afraid of it, and totally remove ourselves from that experience, and immediately other other Peru that we are othering them. You are othering America. This happened in America. It has nothing to do with us. Shame. This happened in Malawi. It has nothing to do with, with us. Shame. So it, there's been a lot of othering. Those, it's the them versus us. And then uh, coronavirus comes, and starts in China in 2019. We get to know about this in around February, January, February 2020. And we know it's a virus. And we know the global, the global community has shrunk. We are traveling more. We're engaging more. And we all knew it's coming. Now, change is difficult. The initial reaction was the same othering. It's a Chinese problem. In fact, here in Malawi, whenever people saw Chinese people, they would call them Corona and they would treat them badly. And this happened across. At the end of the day, the virus left China and entered the whole world as we know it. But before it even happened like that, Africa was the last continent to be affected. And unfortunately, those who were first diagnosed diagnosed were uh, people of uh, Caucasian origin. It wasn't the Africans themselves. It wasn't us, black Africans. In South Africa, it was South Africans, but white South Africans. In Nigeria, it was Caucasians, Caucasians, I think coming to visit or something. Guess what people now said? Another othering started emerging. You see, this virus doesn't affect black people. It's only now for Chinese, Indian, uh, white people and not black people. And the othering continued and here Malawi people started feeling safe. It can't affect us. Then... It now started affecting us. That's when we all realize what really binds all of us is our humanity. Color is not an issue. Country is not an issue. The point is where it started in Huawei or in China is of no consequence. That the othering of others should stop. For me, that's what this has taught me that we should be a lot more empathetic to each other. That even if this was not an infectious virus, that if this was another type of calamity in China, an earthquake or whatever, a tsunami, we should stop the othering and know that What affects my brother and sister over there, despite their color or whatever, will affect me. For me, that's been the biggest lesson of 2020. Our collective humanity. Now, all of us are battling it out. All of us. Even here in Africa. Our friends here now in South Africa, they are facing the second wave. We heard about the second wave in the global north, and with, I think there was a bit of othering. And I knew it's coming. So now it's it's in South Africa. They've started the lockdown. They've locked down the beaches of, um, I think, uh, Western Cape. And um, it's coming here in Malawi. Uh, now, of course, we are becoming bolder we're not wearing masks as we used to, and uh, a bit relaxed, but already the human the human nature is is not us we are we are othering the South africans but it's coming because what binds us is our humanity so that's been the biggest lesson that we should stop othering. The other lesson for me has been that life is fickle. You can have it today in the way you understand. Tomorrow it can change in an instant. Today is 17th December 2020. Think of how the world was on 17th December 2019. Nothing. Nothing nothing like the way it is today the way we are thinking traveling or not traveling I haven't been on a plane for the first time since I was 17 I haven't been on a plane um, uh, for a year since I was 17 this is the only year that I have not jumped in on a plane I'm sure this is a story of so many people and think about now what last year was like the plans you, you were having we were all having as to the plans we are having now it's difficult it's very different because life can change just like that and I think this is also another lesson this can be experienced in isolation we always hear about, oh, this, these guys have been affected in this way. But I think this time is a collective. Very difficult. Very difficult. But again, another lesson. The final lesson I think um, we should all learn, and this goes, I think, to our African leaders, the global community, including Africa, has been affected by corona. But as you know, uh, Corona hasn't chosen who to affect, it's even attacked um, dealt with uh, leaders in the global community, uh, in the powerful nations. Uh, they move very fast and they found a the vaccine. Yet here in Africa we have lived for uh, 40 years or so plus 40 years plus with hiv and the last time i had a conversation with the national aids commission here is that um the statistics are that in malawi annually we lose twenty six thousand people to hiv aids related uh, symptoms oh yeah and this is a country which is ably dealing with um the virus, uh, particularly in terms of treatment, uh, we still have new infections, yes, uh, but treatment is actually it's it's a it's a good example of how to deal with treat with um with HIV and m- mothers don't no longer transmit uh, the virus to to their babies. even Malawi it's out, but we still have about twenty six thousand people annually dying, and this has been going on. And it is normalized. The biggest lesson for our leaders is to say you should never normalize a virus, should never normalize death in such a um, um, an inevitable fashion, and that Africans should work together with universities, African leaders with African universities, and now also accelerate vaccine for HIV. I think uh, the fact that we've lived with uh, HIV for 40 years is unforgivable. It is unforgivable. It is unforgivable. And the lesson that we are learning from um, how the West has handled uh, Corona is that one life, losing one life, is enough. Losing 300,000 as in America is a catastrophe and should never um, have been allowed. And here in Africa, it's the same thing. We've lost millions of people. And the normalization is basically criminal. That's another lesson. So, for me, 2020, no, not a bad year. It's been exactly the way it is and if you're going to make change, if you're going to make the world better, for me, is that we need to draw lessons and positive lessons and therefore become more tolerant with each other and stop othering each other. I wish you um, a lovely evening. I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.